So you just tuned in to Top 5 by Zoe, the admirer of airtight flows, minor chord progressions, and intricate bass lines. Um, this podcast is for my new listeners and prisoners and the jealous rap cats that prefer dissing us. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't forget about the OGs and my fellow music lovers, wherever you are, whoever you are on your musical journey. Um, today I have a super dope guest, and I'm beyond hyped to be speaking to her right now. Um, introduce yourself, um, what you're at, and what you do for a living. What's my at, you said? Mm-hmm. Oh, my at. <laughs> um, Reggie Angelou. So my at is Reggie Angelou, but um, Reggie is spelled like Regina mm-hmm. without the na, mm-hmm. so R E G I, and then Angelou like Maya. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did you ask me? What'd you say? <laughs> and what you do for a living? Oh, I am the director of alternative education okay. at a charter school, a cool ass charter school in Brooklyn, um, Williamsburg Charter High School. Nice. Yeah, and and I also rap. I'm also uh, a rapper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's important. <laughs> um, so let's start from the beginning. Like, how did you? get into music like what was your musical influences growing up hmm those I think the answer to that is two two different things because I got into music recently but my musical influences growing up were just whatever my big sister like Mm -hmm. whatever she did I wanted to do because that was my big sister I you know, we grew up in Queens I'm from Far Rockaway um (laughs) (laughs) and I think what was she into at the time like when I was when I was growing up she was seven years older than me so when she was around 15 you know mm-hmm. I was I was around seven eight that's Biggie had died by then but everybody was of course still like bumping Biggie hard of course. um that's when bad boy was the biggest in like the late 90s yes so I love bad boy I was I think I was more into dance for myself, actually. Um, there was a dance group in Far Rockaway called Untouchable Shorties. We okay. went to the Apollo. We started off as Shorties by Nature. That was our name. <laughs> that and is then we the changed. most hip-hop shit ever. <laughs> Shorties by Nature. Yeah. And we, we thought we were so hard. It was like a bunch of nine-year-olds. And we were just like, you <clears throat> dancing, like just dancing that hard. Um, yeah, so I, just whatever music was part of the culture, mm-hmm. um, which was a lot of New York rap. I didn't I didn't know much about other music other than New York rap. Mm. Like I didn't know that the South had a rap scene. I didn't know much about West Coast rap other than beef. Mm-hmm. I didn't know much about just like Midwest. I moved to the South um, in 2000. Okay. And that's when I first heard like nelly yeah and other yeah. rappers i was like what mm-hmm. what is this it sounds so different what? especially since you said you had bad boy influences like that it's yeah. like a stark change it was it was very different so um my but but it was it was great though mm-hmm. you know it was really different but it was like oh there's there's diversity of music and i i love pd pablo and mm-hmm. yes. um who else was out like uh gang gang twins it was just all wow. very different and mm. I, I really fucked with it but my original introduction to music was really like New York rap. Mm. It was really New York rap. Um, I didn't think that I could necessarily do it. Mm. Um, Why was that? Well, it took it took me a while to understand how to learn, like how to learn anything that I think through education. Education taught me that like 
you're bad at math mm. or you're good at this mm. or you're bad at that right. or you can do this or it's you can't do like that. dichotomy, strict dichotomy right. of like one thing or the other. Right. Mm. And I was like good at school and good at generally being a student. Um, in college, I felt like I was just good at being a student, good at following rules and going through procedure. And when I became a teacher and just going through education and learning more about education it's like oh anyone can learn anything mm. like anyone can practice anything and, and work on any skill and develop themselves in any way and um this is real new to me getting into music it's like i can just i can learn to be a rapper yeah i can learn to be a filmmaker i can learn to be an actress or whatever else i want to do so what i'm doing right now is rapping and just developing my skill learning to be a rapper more and more every time I, you know, work on a song or work with somebody. So interesting. So like your background is mostly education. So mm -hmm. tell us about that journey of like, hey, like this is I want to be help educate the youth or like give back to my community. Oh, <clears throat> well, I my major was English at first in college and undergrad. Um I was like, journalism. Then I, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do with that. So I kind of floated on my major for a little while. Um, eventually, all of my friends and, and my circles that I was in, like people who were running for student government and things like that, like we just all, I took a lot of history classes hmm. and we were in political science and history courses together. And it was just like, this is, I like this. I yeah. could do this. I, I want to do these things. Um, so I became a history major graduated with a bachelor's in history and it was like okay now what the fuck do I do this like <laughs> what, what I don't know what I thought I was gonna do with a bachelor's in history mm. um right now I don't know what I would tell a student what their direct career path would be from a bachelor's in right. history like that's kind of something you just have to create like that's a lane you yeah. you have to create you got to figure out okay I have this this background knowledge and this skill set now what other thing that's not directly related to history do I want to do with it mm -hmm. and I kind of feel like that about rapping mm -hmm. like that's I, I use that bachelor's in history and rapping mm -hmm. um but I graduated and I was like or I was close to graduation I was like I don't really have a plan so what I'm about to do I hadn't um I hadn't decided where I wanted to live. Like, mm -hmm. it could have been a lot of different places. It ended up being New York because um, I have family here mm -hmm. and I could stay somewhere for free. Right. That's and, key. You know, even if I didn't <laughs> know what my job was going to be or anything like that, um, I applied for New York City Teaching Fellows. And I was like, oh, yes, I got it. And I got a job. I'm mm -hmm. going to be a teacher. Yeah. That was, like, transitional for me. I didn't know that this would become a long-term career. Right. Um, but I started teaching and I was I was good at it. And I got a master's in um, master's in teaching for special education because okay. I was a high school special education teacher. And that was hard because oh, it's not good. I can imagine how how taxing that is. And I always commend teachers. And I feel like it's the most like underrated job because mm -hmm. like in the way like for I would say on the grand scheme, seven 75 to 85 percent of people who become teachers genuinely want to shape and mold our youth then there's obviously the ones that do it for the wrong reasons right um i think that especially doing special education that is a large task <laughs> and yeah i don't i always just like 
bow. How do you guys do it? I don't oh, know how thanks. you do it. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a difficult. Even with the best intentions, the system is really hard. Yeah. It's a whole. It's yeah. a system. Then it's politics. It's politics, and um, it's just not set up for. Um, I mean, what special education meant for the high school. I think high school in general, especially in big cities like New York. But what it meant specifically for me in the school where I was, it was like the bad kids mm -hmm. you know like yeah. there was there was yeah. no real consideration for their genius for their skills mm -hmm. um for their differences mm -hmm. and it was just like oh that's who can deal with them like wow. oh i was i was the only in new york city i was the only black teacher in the school and it was a decent sized school yeah. and i was i was 21 or probably 22 when i first started teaching right after undergrad and it was just like oh all the difficulty in the school that we don't want to actually take time to nurture and figure out just here you deal with it wow. um so that was really hard for me because um i worked with this like certain group of students every day and i knew how great they were but there wasn't much support for mm. me to help them develop their own greatness it was it was really just like um there was not much development for me or for those students. Mm -hmm. So um, after four years, I was just like, oh, I don't feel like I'm, I don't feel like I'm doing a good thing here. Like, mm -hmm. I don't I don't feel like I'm it, being in this setting, like I'm developing as an educator in a way that can help me develop these students as people. And I want to. So then I found this charter network in california in california in general is just mad hippie they're all about like <laughs> like let's figure out the best thing for every person like yeah. humanism <laughs> loving people matters let's figure wow. out how to love kids and i'm just like oh yeah that's what i want to do yeah, so i want to love kids i want to love kids so i went to um san diego mm -hmm. and um I was at High Tech High and I, I was I got another master's at High Tech High for school leadership. Wow. And um, what are we on two masters? We're on two masters. Clap, clap, girl. We're on two we, masters. I, a lot yes. of people are not able to say that. <laughs> Continue. So um, and I just did a lot of work with them and it was the program felt really different because it was research based and it was just like we're not interested in teaching you a specific thing. We're here to develop your um, your toolbox and connect you with some resources and give you the skills to do your own research and develop your own ideas and um, and what what postgraduate work should really be like right. and I didn't really feel like that getting my first master's in New York City mm. so um, that was great because I just from there there was fellowships I learned how to write grants mm -hmm. um, I just learned how to run a board how to connect with people and I did that for a while. So my whole plan was to open a charter school. Mm -hmm. And whew, that was like, that that was a hard journey. It's, it's, I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's so political. It's so much writing. There's so much, um, oh, there's so much politics. It's mm. not really education. It's mm. just like a lot of politics and figuring out how to get money from politicians and right. figuring out a whole bunch of other things that are really not education, really not helping the people, really not connecting with students. It has nothing to do with a school. Opening the school has nothing to do with the school. Mm. So um, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to do it. But I was doing it because it was to get to the goal I originally envisioned. That was this was the plan that I created to get to the goal that I envisioned in the end. But the steps on the road were so 
hard and unexpected. And then after all of it, I stuck with it, of course. And after all of it, New York City was like, oh, no more charter schools. Like this is this has been decided already. We've reached a limit on the amount of charter schools. 400 charter schools. Mm -hmm. We've reached a limit on those charter schools. So check back another time and maybe we'll decide to open it up for charter schools at another year or another time, but not right now. So these processes are like three year processes, Mm -hmm. like the amount of time that people invest into it and we reach this limit. I'm just like, oh my gosh, all of my plans and and work that I've done toward this plan, they're kind of like just at a standstill. So Mm. I've invested, I'm, I'm, processing this for myself like this has been like miserable for me to 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 do the work required of it so what am I learning from this like I I invested so much of myself into something I really didn't want to do for like a future thing for a future goal and no investment no return on this investment is guaranteed Mm -hmm. so like my lesson in all of that was I should do things that I want to do with my time right now. Like I could die tomorrow. We're thinking about some plan. Like what do I want to do with my time, right. with my energy, with my body, with my mind, mm. what I want to do right now. And, um, I just, I thought about that for a long time. So it could have been many things. Like I said, like it could have been, I could have been a filmmaker. Wow. Like I could have been, um, I actually consider acting, I consider like I can see that classes. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> I was I'm I got an account on like backstage. I was like I'm gonna look up all the acting auditions in New York and yeah. I, I was thinking about all the things that I wanted to do. Um, I did some poetry slams mm-hmm. for a while because this was I was I had written a grant a year long grant and the charter cap happened at like the midpoint of the year. Mm. So I pretty much had six months like a free time. And I was wow. like, Oh, what am I going to do with my free time right, right now? Yeah. And, um, it, I mean, it was poetry. I was doing poetry slams. I was winning poetry slams. I was like feeling myself like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like fucking poet master in this bitch. Um, <laughs> I'm like, my issue for real out here. <laughs> really, really. Yeah. I mean, that's where Reggie Angelou came from. Yeah. You know, it's just like Reggie has always been my nickname, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I don't you know I don't I don't really know like how I came to be a rapper I just it's just like how it happened like things unfolded I didn't really I wasn't that intentional mm. about it I was just like let me see what feels good mm-hmm. let me see what I want to do mm. let me see what I what I tried a lot of things and like um, let me see what sticks to myself and rapping stuck because it felt good yeah I mean you can tell when someone in their music, you can tell how the way that they articulate themselves and not to be like, eh, they articulate themselves well or the thoughts that come through. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear a lot of transparency in your music over like some dope beats. I also hear like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And a lot, like that's why I say I can see the acting because you have like different Thanks. personalities <laughs> in your music. And I'm referring to the more free mixtape that... Mm. I was beyond impressed by it. And that's why I was like, I have to get this girl on here. Oh, thanks. Um, <laughs> what was your thoughts behind that? Like, was is that your first um, mixtape? Or yeah, what was it making your first, like, music? Right? I, I, <laughs> it, was, it was my first. Um, oh, what was it like? It was... It's 18 minutes. Mm-hmm. It seems so short. It's, it's, I mean, it seems like... There was so much time and um, thought 
I mean, it was like full time because I wasn't doing anything else other than figuring out what I wanted to do. Right. Mm. That's like that's all my responsibility was to myself to figure out what I actually want to do. Um, and that 18 minutes really took me like three months of full time work. Yeah. Of like finding the right sounds. Um, what was that like? What was this process in terms of finding? How do you say like, okay, I'm gonna do be a rapper? Like, what what's the first thing you reach for? Like, um, I think the first thing I reach for, I really am a writer, like mm-hmm. an essay writer, like an article writer. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I wanted to be a journalist. Like yes. that's I'm a writer. So the first thing was just writing. I didn't have beats at first. I was just writing, writing. A lot of what's on the more free tape is. Um, was originally intended to be poetry mm-hmm. and it just or in some of it I performed as poetry first mm-hmm. and then um, I was on beat stars for hours just like listening to different beats I was on YouTube there's there's so many beats on YouTube it's just like so much yeah, music on YouTube it's so saturated it's really saturated mm-hmm. but that's that made it I mean I had a good database of you know music to search through Um my very first song that I wrote was um, Finish Them. Mm. And mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I looked for I looked for um, French Montana type beat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I, I wanted a French Montana type beat. I mean, I can kind of see the three degrees like, you know, you from Far Rock. So the stack bundles slash French. Yeah, like yeah, I can yeah, see that yeah, coming yeah, into yeah. the play. Like that's just like, you know, a New Yorker type yeah. beat. Like, yeah, I can hear that. It's, it felt very New York to me. So that was the first beat that I found. That was yeah. the very first beat that I found and actually put the writing to it. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think I, I put that one on YouTube as like a single first. It's like on, on YouTube. I got like 24 views. Yes. Um, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is great. This is a good start. <laughs> 24 people liked it. Yeah. Um, so I that was my first, my very first song like that. Is there... There's no chorus. I, I didn't have a chorus. I didn't know how to write, how to create music. Right. Like I said, it's just a writer. It's like three minutes of just like rapping because it was just me writing. Mm. And that was the first thing I created. I went to the studio and um, the engineer that's there, he's like, I'm not a creative. I'm an engineer. But one thing I can tell you are that hooks are important if you want to make music. This, your writing is great. Your rapping is great. But if you want to make songs, that you're gonna put together as a collection and give it to people to critique, it's important to have something to hook them. So you need to work on that. And mm-hmm. that was like my first, like, okay, if I'm gonna make music, I gotta figure out how to write hooks. I can't wow. just be rapping for three minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I started trying to figure out how to create hooks. Mm-hmm. And and then it, just music came from that. Wow. Yeah. What a process. <laughs> um, so now you have the More Free Mixtape. I think like since we've been talking a lot about a lot of different subjects, let's do a quick game. Okay. Um, on Twitter, they have this thing that's called Scopa Tumana, and it's like Ghanaian gibberish, basically, and it's like word association. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you five different words. Okay. And you can give me a song. It's got to be black music. Ooh. <laughs> so that narrows it. Um that you think of or maybe an album or maybe music like any type of music memory from that okay all right all right is this time or can i think for a second you can think for a second okay great um so the first word is art 
Art. Mm. I think of Baduism. Mm. Like that's that's art. I, there's nothing. There's nothing like Baduism that exists to me. There's nothing like it. It's it's just real creation. Like there have been no. There are a bunch of influences, but nothing that's been put together quite like this collection of feelings and sounds and Ooh. content. Mm-hmm. Baduism was definitely art. School. School. Um, Lauren Hill. Mm. <laughs> I love all of the skits. I love all of her skits. Yes. <laughs> like the, you know, just the idea of, of kids conversing and contextualizing their surroundings and wow i i'm now thinking that wow yeah like that's it's it's what it's what the whole album is like to me like Mm -hmm. let's let's understand how life goes by talking about it by naming things that aren't usually named in concise terms Mm -hmm. miseducation classic love music's old child (laughs) that's my fave yeah Far Rockaway. Oh. <laughs> the bungalows is what I, the, the bung, there's nothing like the bungalows. I think that when you see, visually look at the bungalows in Far Rockaway, because it's where I grew up, mm-hmm. um, there's nothing else in New York that is like that. These are like one floor, one bedroom shacks that are not, like that are not okay nowhere else in new york you know mm-hmm. these are not mm-hmm. winter these are like summer homes right i mean the history of far rockaway these are summer homes that people were not supposed to live in year round yep summer homes for the rich people in long island yep and and the bungalows is just like to grow up there to grow up there without like a winterized home without heat right on the beach a bunch yeah. of dead-end streets yeah. um to be so physically isolated and easily targeted it's just a really specific experience to grow up not just in far rockaway but specifically in the bungalows um i think it couldn't happen anywhere else in new york or anywhere else in general so a really specific experience about far rockaway is the bungalows Mm. and last one is black Mm. excellence Mm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Greatness, mm-hmm. black-owned things, mm-hmm. yeah, black skin. <laughs> yes, Almeida. That's my. That's been my song since it came out. Fave. Um, so, what do you think about um, this? Like everybody's like, oh, there's a big surge of women in hip hop now. Um, not like it never existed, but what's your take on the women being in the forefront of hip-hop and being immediately associated with hip-hop as opposed to just being the Nas, the Jays, the Biggies. Ain't it great? It's amazing. That's I, that's what I think about it. And I I can say true. I, I feel I agree with that, and I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that, like, f- for women to be rappers, I've, a term that I've heard is that, like, it's saturated. The idea of female rappers are saturated, saturated right now. Um, but rap in general for male rappers was saturated. And it was just like, there are an abundance of rappers. Yeah. It's not specifically that they're male rappers. Exactly. And I think that they're an abundance. There's a like huge diversity 
mm-hmm. of rappers who are also women. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that prior to Cardi, mm-hmm. prior to Cardi, there was just like the greats, like the notables, mm. the individuals who are notable. And at this point, it's like every single person who wants to rap flex your artistry mm-hmm. give it a shot do what you want feel free like feel yeah. free to express yourself in whatever way you want to 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 consider your artistry in any way you want to um and and i think of just like there there are so many female rappers right now it's like damn y'all all different mm. y'all all different y'all all doing isn't that different so things. beautiful though like and that's why I, it's for me personally i'm just like how can you say like all sh- women in rap just do is talk about being strippers? Like it's just not. Yeah, it's it's even if there that's the story of the song. There's so many different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Like and I think like that's something that with the resurgence of women being in the forefront of rap that we get. Like I mean, obviously, like when we name male rappers, it's like oh yeah, you got Cole and Cole talks about different things than Kendrick and right. blah blah. But like, now you can say like I listen to to Cardi for like a single type of uh music or I listen to Rhapsody because I want to feel like it in my soul mm-hmm. or I least listen to Rico because she's a vibe like I her voice is just like right. popping like I think that we have those different things like you said mm-hmm. in terms of that diversity and I just feel yeah. like it's about time. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that definitely. It's I I feel like there there are so many different women to be represented. Mm-hmm. Like there, we, I need someone from every single like walk of life yeah. to, to represent that group. <laughs> exactly. We're not a monolith at all. Right. At all. Um, what, um, what type of music do you listen to nowadays? Oh, nowadays... I've been I've been listening I've been going to a lot of live shows mm-hmm. and I've been listening to artists that I hear live and and then from in on their YouTube and then seeing how like my YouTube algorithm evolves from there so mm. I've been like into a whole ocean is new for me okay. um and Yumi you know they're they're just real smooth music maybe it's the season too mm-hmm. Like real smooth, no name, just real yeah. smooth Oof. music. I um, in the summer I was like I was turned up. Like <laughs> it, I was Rico was yes. so regular on my playlist. Yes, yes. Rico. Now I'm just like, what? What can I just like smoke and chill to? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like it is that season. Like you just feel yeah. like oh, I, I find myself listening to like in the mornings. That's definitely my R and B times, and then. In the evenings, I'll get back to like some hardcore rap. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm I'm like that too. Yeah. Um. So we got to we're getting to everybody's favorite part of the show, where, you know, since this is top five by Zoe, I'm gonna ask Reggie's top five. Yeah. Um, you can give me five artists. Who are your favorite artists and why? Oh. My top five. This w- this might change on any given day, but right now, mm-hmm. and, and especially since I'm like in the in the midst of creating, mm. um, um, my top five are Busta, mm-hmm. Missy, um, Eve, 
Evie, right? Khalees. Ooh. And I said four. Mm hmm. And who's making music right now that I'm just. And Rico. Rico yeah. is. Yeah, Rico. Yeah. Rico is just like. She. She. <sighs> She just gives me exactly what she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't. I'm, I'm not seeing anything else like Rico mm-hmm. specifically. You know what I'm saying? Like I just love. Um, she she gives me confidence to just like not worry about what I'm supposed to sound like and look like and whatever else. Like Rico reminds me of Smash Mouth, mm. or it's you know what Smash Mouth was supposed to be, or right. like you know what I'm saying if they had continued. And I'm just like, wow, this is. I've never heard rap that sounds specifically like Rico Mm -hmm. until I think of like some other influences, but not, I've never heard anything like Rico specifically. So that's, that's how I want to feel about myself that I've never heard anything like me. Mm. Yeah. So you're in the midst of creating flex tape. Yes. Flex tape. (laughs) So what is, so what does that entail? Like, what can we expect? Um, so flex tape will be a lot of collaborations okay. and a lot of different styles. And I think when I was creating more free, it was really me in isolation. It was me like by myself with my thoughts, mm-hmm. like not leaving the house for a couple of days, mm-hmm. like, a, you know, just like just real, real introverted and introspective. Mm. Um, and talking to my friends, they're like, yo, you can, this is like pretty good. Like I didn't, we didn't know what to expect mm. because I didn't really share my creative process with anyone else. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like you were doing this and then like, we ain't even hear from you or see you in like a couple of months. Like, are you all right? I was like, okay, I, I was a little depressed, but you know, I was, I was doing stuff. And then all of a sudden I came back with a mixtape and I'm a rapper. So that was like unexpected for a lot of people and they didn't know what to expect and and once they heard it they were like wow you we we like your creation like we like what you create um now you should flex (laughs) now you gotta flex like Mm -hmm. you got this skill and now you should flex it how you gonna flex it and i think that how i'm gonna flex it is by showing my diversity Mm -hmm. um and I've been just collaborating with a lot of people. I think this mixtape is probably going to be about nine songs, okay. all with features, or some of them that I'm featuring with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, How'd you find these features? Performing. New York just has like a good, Brooklyn specifically, because I've, I've only performed in Manhattan once, but like the Brooklyn creative scene, um, one black art is... Is really concentrated. Mm-hmm. It's really concentrated right now because we being pushed out of so many spaces. Yeah, that is like where where are we remaining? <laughs> Especially in New York, like right. a lot of the venues in which you know they had. Like I've seen the it become more like you saying concentrated in mm-hmm. Brooklyn, and it's an interesting thing because it reflects New York directly of how Mm. we're being pushed out of so many spaces and like how it's like Brooklyn is the last thing we're holding on to in terms of like culture, Mm -hmm. in terms of hip hop. Um, So yeah, it's interesting that you say that. Yeah. There, there are a few spaces. I don't even want to name them 
they might yeah. like they, they might be like oh that's the cool place to go i'm gonna yeah, go there now. I, I, yeah um, i feel you there there are a few spaces that are really great spaces for black art and going there like i see you know i go to i mean i will name them because they're great places mm-hmm. and shout them out like love story mm-hmm. um it's love story has been just like a wonderful network of black lgbt queer group like mm-hmm. it's just like wow there's there's love here like there's a good vibe here wow. and then vl underground mm-hmm. there's like a real underground rap um all different kinds of rap and there's there are so many creators also like there's so many events that are curated by amazing people that that know how to find other amazing people wow so every time i go to a show there's always good connections like we're always like trading phone numbers trading instagram pages and like creating bigger networks and bigger networks so i find people through performances i've been performing a lot um and every time I perform, there's like another person that I would love to work with and they yeah. want to work with me. So, yeah. yeah, that's how these features happen. That's a refreshing thing. What would be your advice to an artist coming up in this time? To focus on the art and not the business. Like I, I, I'm scared of. I'm scared of entertainment. I just want to be an artist. Because, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, once you start entertaining, then people want to be entertained. And then um, and then there's not a lot of space to create. Like, I've I've been performing so much. It's like, oh, damn, like, I haven't, like, written much lately. Mm-hmm. And uh, performing, like, the songs that I know my friends love and people that see me love. Um, like, and what? And I think and what is and my what most, is like. And what is so turned up. <laughs> I was feeling you <laughs> or your last performance that you put on your Instagram. I was like, yes, girl, yes. Um, but yeah. People are really into like songs that they that they Anthemic, hear, that they yeah. listen to. And mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, so my bushy bitch and what? And yep. I love the song too. Yep. Um, and, and loving it so much and listening to it because I have to perform it and I want to make sure that I feel it mm-hmm. and everything. It's just like, I'm not... Um, that's that's my focus. That's been my focus with performances. My focus has been performing and not necessarily creating art. Mm-hmm. So I think that I want to, if I had a if I had a message to say to anyone who's becoming an artist or like growing their artistry, to not forget the art when entertainment comes your way. Hmm. Yeah, don't forget the art. And what can we expect from you? What do you want everyone to look out for in the next few? Oh, okay. So I, I mean, I would have to say flex tape. Flex tape is happening in January. Okay. Um, and I just like recently decided that I'm really good at giving myself deadlines and saying like, <laughs> this is the deadline. That's the Reggie. education background. Get it yep. done by then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that I'm gonna have a couple of my students feature on flex tape awesome yeah i have a little rap group of kids that meet with me every week and we write together they're so great so flex tape is definitely something to look out for um my performances like i'm i'm always just down like whenever anybody's like do you want to be like yep i'm down let's do it (laughs) so i couldn't even tell you that in advance it's probably going to be something like tomorrow that Mm -hmm. i'll put on my page so yeah um, well make sure you follow in reggie at reggie angelou on Instagram. Yes. Any other social media that's pertinent? Um, I have Reggie Angelo on everything. I think that my YouTube, like I don't really 
I don't think about it too much. Like the YouTube is one place that's just really like unfiltered for me because I, I got like six subscribers. So I'm just like, oh, y'all, y'all will take, you know, whatever I have to offer. <laughs> so that's YouTube is my most raw, like full performances, no editing. Because mm-hmm. on Instagram, I'd be like, oh, let me clip out this part where I fucked up the words. <laughs> like YouTube is like you get to see it all. Yeah. So Reggie Angelo is on YouTube also. Um Facebook is like where the best network for me is where Mm. people like share things and are interested in sharing them with their friends and family and everything. So if you want to know what um, what what the word is, what the word is on the streets for Reggie Angelou, that would be on Facebook. That's like where the the taste is made. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Facebook for that. The real, the raw on um, YouTube and um the regular updates like of what's actually happening on instagram okay make sure you check her out um i think you're so dope thank you for coming through and i appreciate you even being a guest on here like you're so dope a whole mood and like um stay in touch okay yes thank you thanks